1: Welcome boys and girls to the 232nd episode of the Hungry Gamers podcast. We are powered by 8bit.net, Audio Technica and Manscaped. I'm your extremely humble host, Brendan White. You can find me just about everywhere at Brendan 8bit. And joining me today, the blade to my whistler, my podcast ride or die. You can find her on dev socials at Miss Allie Hart. Miss Allie Hart, what is going
0: on today? Not much, not much. It's a Friday evening here. We actually had a pleasant week of rain. It doesn't rain here in Southern California. So when it does and it pours, it's it's like a miracle.
1: So. I am um I'm sick of the weather up here. I am absolutely sick that's of this right. Queensland nonsensical weather. Um a week ago now, like it's been raining, I think, on and off for like two weeks here. So yeah. you know, that's I, I like the rain. Give me the rain. It's a nice sort of break from just the, the muggy stinking heat. Yeah. But last weekend, like you know, last year had my car written off in a crazy storm. Last sure. week we had this crazy windstorm and I've got like a shed down the side of my house that I bought and built from Bunnings and it has like the lawnmower and other yeah. shit in it. And last week uh, was, you know, just got home from work and I was sitting down in the lounge room, uh, sitting on the couch and you can sort of see where the shed is down the side of the house out of one of the side windows. Yeah. Now the corner of my eye, like Wizard of Oz style, it the shed off. goes rolling past because the wind and the storm was that savage. the The shed got lifted up, pushed all the way down the down the hall, down the like the the laneway down the side of my house, and smashed into the back fence and like broke into a million pieces. And I had to run out and grab it before half it went into the neighbor's yard. And you know, trying to like get all the pot plants in because it was just this gale force, hectic wind that was just running rough shot. And then. To make matters worse, it broke the bolt on the side gate.
0: So oh. the side
1: gate was busted. But obviously, once the wind stopped, I guess the natural bit of waiting in the gate or whatever or the wind sort of pulled it back shut. So I thought it was fine. Next day I went to work and clearly it was not. And the doggos got out and were roaming the streets, and luckily some random found them. Because yeah, yeah, doggos were gone. I didn't know. Uh they were got they got posts on like a lost and found facebook page for this for the area and apparently like 20 people were like yeah they're my dogs i'll come get them now um you know just let me know where you are sorry i can't believe they got out so all these people trying to steal my dogs
0: that's terrifying yeah usually when it's a lost and found like people are usually a little bit smart to kind of say like because like winnie and bluey do they do they have name tags
1: they did but uh funnily enough i took them off recently because one of them got like snapped and it was like a bit of oh, a sharp right. edge yeah
0: yeah but like either way yeah. like when you're posting something on a lost and found you hold details so that when a person tries to claim they have to prove that the dogs are theirs so yeah
1: so so these turd burglars were uh yeah trying to take my doggos luckily got them back thanks to everyone involved that made that happen really appreciate that but uh it was it was intense so uh, yeah, i'm hoping the rainstorm is just simple rain that's that's the the long-winded version of this i hope it's just a bit of rain and the weather's fine and nothing bad happens for you because anytime there's a grey cloud in the sky i get terrified i think oh here we go here's another one of these hailstorms. here comes the pain everyone seeks shelter
0: that's yes it's <laughs> like i'm like yeah it rained a little but it's <laughs> nothing too crazy happens here too much apart from um like they have like landslides i think or like mudslides sometimes because the land is so dry and then when water hits and everything everything just kind of falls apart so Mm.
1: that's pretty scary in itself i think
0: yeah uh, yeah for people who probably live near mountains in here yeah i could see that being scary
1: yeah not not you uh not you one not you city livers Uh, that's all fine ain't no mountains around there
0: in this city folk yeah
1: Yeah, so so moving on from natural disasters and, and horrific weather events, uh, yeah. we've uh, we've been rolling out a little bit uh, in Apex again this week. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to touch too heavily on it, but I think it's more so that the floor is yours because you've been on a bit of a bit of a roll.
0: Yeah, I'm balls deep in the Apex. It's been crazy. They've got this um, new event going on, um, Chaos Theory, I believe they've termed it, um, and it's a new way that you play the game where you essentially have the outer rim still coming in so like a normal battle royale where the circle gets smaller but they've done this inclusion of these fire circles where a blast of fire will come down from the sky and then create a ring of fire and you are equipped with a what's referred to as a heat shield so if you need to maneuver within that space but at first I was like kind of frustrated in like, what does this even do? But now I acknowledge that it just adds a different level of obstruction to getting you to Mm -hmm. a certain location as well as creating a few kind of tight spots and having to push you towards other players and maneuvering within the space. And I've actually really, really enjoyed it. And I've found myself to be once again, getting better at this game and, Encountering either back to back wins or at least second places, as well as racking up multiple kills per game. And I don't know if people are first person, like super elite players, they're probably like, Yeah, that's normal. But unfortunately, for someone like me, uh, it's I was way back when I was lucky to get one kill around. So to be racking up like four plus each round and almost being the Team leader is it's quite an achievement for me. So it's been you've, great. You've turned
1: a page, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, you, I've noticed you, you're certainly more aggressive in your playstyle <laughs> than uh, than yeah. the last wave we had at this. So uh, it's yeah. good to see. But I think, like, I, I agree with you. Like, that's sort of how you have to sort of play to have any form of success. Like, if the, the longer you hold back and sort of hide in a corner. The more chance another squad's going to come in over the top of you and just maul you to death. So it's always Mm. good to be pushing forward and trying to, trying to dictate that pace. Um, Yeah.
0: One thing anyone that's played Apex is pretty familiar with is the hot drop where you and multiple people land in the same location. And I was a person that would like quickly run, try to find something, and then maybe even run away. But now my first plan of attack is just find a gun and then just chase down people within that dropped with you and just attack them so and yeah, it works yeah. it's quite effective
1: yeah it doesn't allow them to get their base exactly. you know they don't get their foundation set and yeah you just push that pace right from the jump i like the um that sort of that new yeah that little like inferno zone thing that they've got going on because mm. yeah it just it puts more choke points in in the areas already like when the zones are starting to shrink and then that already shrunken zone is missing half of it unless you've got your, your heat shield equipped. You're sort of, you know, really struggling to, to get a bit of free movement around. So it's kind of cool in that regard that you're not only got to watch the main zone, but watch these bloody inferno areas, plus all the squads trying to take your number as well. So it's mm. it dials up that intensity. Um, it's just a great game. It keeps going from strength to strength this game. Like it's it's the BR for me by a long way
0: 100% I definitely think this one is my battle royale of choice just everything about it is um, to my liking in regards to how fast paced it is handling character design as well although I do seem to rotate generally the same characters um but for the most part i just really do enjoy the overall aspect of how this battle royale plays so
1: oh yeah oh yeah and um another game that we've both been playing i didn't put it on the docket for myself but uh jumped jumped into a little bit of no man's sky again this week uh i, I jumped in with with our boy nato and he uh, helped me set up a little little base gave me some resources Aww. and uh you know put me put me on my way like i'm still not a quadruple gajillion millionaire like yourself. I still don't have, you know, cash for days. But I've got a little bit of got a little bit of credit now. So I can buy some things. Uh got a little base. I built a base on his like on the other end of his planet just yeah. to sort of have as a little hub, so that way, if I need some stuff, I can go and be like,
0: Papa, can I please have some some minerals? You know, to, We please, need to papa. time it up because I want to. Um, I want to do what we said like those episodes ago, where I said, let's build a fucking town on the other side of his planet. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. join up with you, and we'll just create this little ragtag town on the township on his own planet.
1: Hell yeah! Like, I'm. Uh, I got I'm the around. money.
0: I can invest into this little township.
1: Yeah, you can buy the whole planet. <laughs> And take over his planet, you know, rename it and everything. Go to Get his base off.
0: and buy it.
1: Yeah. Just yeah. make him an offer he can't refuse. But um it, it certainly added to the experience having someone that could just, you know, give me a little little nudge in the right My direction. direction. Yeah. And um, you know, I was I was out sort of collecting some, some elements and some resources and came back and, you know, he was sweet enough to like he built some solar panels for me and stuff, and you know, like <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like I'm still the, the poor cousin but uh, I'm, I'm getting out of the gutter slowly but surely I've got a minimum wage job now. Earn a bit of crust and uh <laughs> onwards and upwards in, in no man's sky.
0: I'll have to invite you to my base um on my husband's planet. Not my planet, it's his planet, but like I decided it's such a nice planet that like I've built my base there and it's great. I've got multiple landing pads, there's this wonderful uh walkway which I've lit up with all these like purple lights, and then there's this <laughs> <Yeah>. like
1: <laughs> Take me on a tour. I wanna to see it this weekend. Take me on a tour. Alright,
0: I'll take you on a tour, I'll invite you over.
1: Hell yeah, sounds sounds good to me. And um, the other game I've been sinking my teeth into even more this week is Valheim. So uh, can't get enough of this Viking world builder, that's for sure. Like uh, Benny, myself, and Alex rolled out again during the week, and then uh, last night it was was our boy Matt Stallone from Audio Technica's birthday yesterday. Ah, oh, happy so, birthday! So. Uh, yeah, so happy birthday, Matty! And um, yeah, he wanted to he wanted to build or start a world up himself yesterday. So uh, last night we jumped on and built a little base together and and started started the, our Viking journey on there. So we uh, we've got a pretty cool little little base. We found like this decrepit, rundown old like stone castle-y thing, and so we oh. built a base out of that and sort of improved that. And then uh, went and did a couple of dungeons, killed some trolls, you know. Just uh just lived our best Viking life. So it was uh it's good fun. And now over five million copies have been sold of this game. Like this game's been out for a month or five or six weeks, and yeah. um it's awesome to see like Iron Gate, uh you know, one of the gonna be one of the success stories of 2021 as far as game releases and, and publishers go. And uh it's awesome to see. Like it's yeah. still early access, it's still very small download, like it's it's under two gigs this download, which is bonkers in itself. But like um I'm really excited for for this just it's a good little time sink game, like you can just get lost rolling roaming around and killing stuff and building stuff and just you know, being Vikings. Yeah. So yeah, it's great.
0: I think that's why I haven't really played it. Um, because I already have that covered with No Man's Sky. Like that that is filling that void for me, so I don't really feel like taking up another one. And investing time in that like um ian um previously from okbeast OK he has like started up this whole like minecraft thing and he's been streaming minecraft lately and i'm like oh i want to get back into minecraft <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it's like there's just too many like creative uh creative games out there and i should just only spend my time into one i i guess but
1: yeah you got to pick and choose and like i I got a little bit of that fatigue this week jumping from no man's sky to valheim or whatever because it is in essence the same sort of core gaming loop for both of them just in it with a different skin and obviously one's in space one's set back in in norse times but uh they're they're really cool like they're, they're different enough to sort of feel like a different experience and uh I think the main thing with these games is playing them with somebody. Like, I enjoy roaming by myself to an extent, but when I've got someone to bounce off or experience these things or discover these things with, that's where the game really starts to sing for me.
0: Yeah, definitely. And um, same would go with any of these kind of builders where there are times of where you can just spend time alone. But... It just having friends and having that little extra multiplayer element does um, like elevate the experience overall. So Ooh,
1: Again, yeah, oh yeah, hmm. and you've uh, you've watched something as well. I see.
0: I just want to throw this in here because we stumbled upon it, and it's a quick banger. There's only six episodes. It's a TV series called um, The Year of the Rabbit, and it has Matt Berry in it. Um, people would know Matt Berry from either the TV series of What We Do in the Shadows. Um, or, uh, he was also in IT crowd or it crowd, depending on how Mm -hmm. you say it. Um, like I said, six episodes, it's kind of a, kind of a take on the whole Sherlock Holmes, you know, detective that plays by his own rules in that time period. But it's, it's actually quite vulgar (laughs) and, uh, quite funny. Um, not that serious. And it was, it was a great laugh. And we just like watched it within like a few days. So um, I'm just throwing that out there. I think it's a channel for production so that might be on like ABC or something in Australia. so yeah I'd definitely check it out. It's just it's a quick little funny banger. so
1: I'll have to uh, have to add it to my list because uh, I'm churning through churning through media at the moment so I'll need something to look at for a little distractions so uh and i love matt berry he is a very very funny funny he individual is. so and,
0: uh and everyone in the cast of this holds themselves up to him so like it's not like he just outshines everyone it's a pretty decent cast
1: oh that's good that's good yeah i'll have to have a hunt i'm, I'm assuming it sounds like it might be an sbs or an abc yeah, type of thing so I'm it could thinking. be on sbs on demand over mm. here in, in the au but yeah like a quick bit of housekeeping obviously uh, if you'd like to support us monetarily, that would be fantastic. You can head on over to ko fi or dot com forward slash we are 8 bit. I always read it as ko ko-fi. Mm-hmm. fi, ko-fi, ko fi, ko I mean, to be f-i. fair,
0: it looks like, like lo fi. Like,
1: yeah. 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 But that's yeah, that's where ko-fi. I can't disconnect from.
0: Yeah. I get it. Always.
1: Always. <laughs> but yeah, kofi, ko hyphen fi.com forward slash we eight bit if you want to support us monetarily it's five dollars AUD month it's going to get you early access to several podcasts as well as exclusive access to is this thing on which is a Kofi podcast exclusive It's never going to be released anywhere else and you also get automatic access into our monthly giveaways as well as some other swag drops we do throughout the year uh, and if you don't want to support us monthly but you just want to sort of do a singular drop Uh, You could support us via the way of our 2021 family portrait, which is Star Wars themed, and that's a $50 one-off cost, and you're going to get yourself a single avatar of yourself immortalized as your favorite Star Wars-based character, as well as a group shot once it's all finished. And if you don't want to do that, and you want to get yourself a little bit of exclusivity, the 8-bit founders coins are arriving here in AU this week. So I just got confirmation they're going to be rocking up on my doorstep on the 15th. And $20 Australian gets you an 8 bit founders coin, and that is gets you $20, or that $20 gets it to you no matter where you are in the world. So, uh, whether you're here in Australia or in the US, Europe, UK, wherever it is, we are going to get these coins to you. So, there is no issues as far as global shipping. But yeah, $20 AUD gets you a bit of 8 bit exclusivity that is never to be repeated again. So, uh, once they're sold out, they are gone forever. Uh, but be sure to rate view, subscribers on those podcast players of choice as well. Preferably Apple Podcasts if you can, because those ratings reviews help keep the lights on in our hearts. But Miss Hart, mm. let's uh, let's talk about our friends over at Manscaped for a little bit. Let's do. It. Now, listeners, do you ever worry that when you're hiding in a bush during the final zone, that there's little difference between your bits and said foliage? Well, worry no more, as the purveyors of perfect pubic care have got you covered. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit by Manscaped is equipped with everything you need to keep your massive shotgun cocked and loaded. It all starts with the Lawnmower 3.0, complete with a patented ceramic blade and advanced skin-safe technology that will have you effortlessly downing the competition on your way to being named champion.
0: It also comes with an assortment of liquid formulations to round out your grooming routine. Some of these liquid tools for your family jewels includes the Crop Preserver. It is an anti-chafing deodorant that will keep your bits smelling anything like caustics, toxic, trap. This is a total game changer. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Next up is the Crop Reviver, a spray-on ball toner that was it's like finding a level 4 shield and a helmet on your sec the second you drop in, and as we discussed, that's difficult. The perfect package also comes with a nifty travel bag that carry your Star and Thermite grenades, disposable shaving mats, and a set of the comfiest anti-shaving boxes you have ever worn. This is the perfect package for your perfect package.
1: And listeners, you can get 20% off and free shipping using the code 8bit at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using the code A-T-E-B-I-T. Remember people, nobody wants a dirty hot dropper. (laughs) This week's news headlines. And the first little headline here, continuity in Raccoon City. Netflix has announced that Resident Evil 2 remake actors Stephanie Panicello and Nick Apostolides will be returning to voice series stalwarts Claire Redfield and Leon S. Kennedy in the upcoming CGI animated series Resident Evil Infinite Darkness. (laughs) The news was confirmed alongside an official synopsis of the series which describes a reunion between the pair at the White House. The synopsis reads... In 2006, there were traces of improper access to secret presidential files found in the White House's network. American Federal Agent Leon S. Kennedy is among the group invited to the White House to investigate this incident. But when the lights suddenly go out, Leon and the SWAT team are forced to take down a horde... Of mysterious zombies. Nothing worse than mysterious zombies. Mm. Meanwhile, TerraSave staff member Claire Redfields encounters a mysterious image drawn by a youth in a country she visited while providing support to refugees. Haunted by this drawing, which appears to be of a victim of viral infection, Claire starts her own investigation. The next morning, Claire visits the White House to request the construction of a welfare facility. There, she has a chance reunion with Leon and uses the opportunity to show him the boy's drawing. Leon seems to realize some sort of connection between the zombie outbreak at the White House and the strange drawing, but he tells Claire that there is no relation and leaves. In time, these two zombie outbreaks in distant countries lead to events that shake the nation to its very core. Oh my God, that has got to be one of the worst synopses I've ever heard. Like, I love Resident Evil. I love these characters. I adore this world. But I'm hoping this is just putting the lowest bar in possible so it actually surprises us and turns out to be good because that blurb sucks.
0: It, was a <laughs> it bad, sucks. It was a bad blurb. It was full of mystery. Fucking mysterious zombies and mysterious drawings.
1: Yeah, like mm. ugh, ugh. get <laughs> like Netflix, get get better writers. Like, you know, like if this is what you're trying to hype for for this cool cgi series coming coming out of the resident evil universe you're doing a bad job yeah. like you know I, I try to be positive for most things that i like and i really like resident evil and this sounds woeful
0: yeah but maybe it's like one of those me. things where if they give too much information it will ruin it maybe and so they went really really vague and by going really really vague it just sounded stupid i like i don't know that could be it,
1: yeah. Like lights going out, mysterious zombies, a, a child that's that's seen this infection, and Claire starts <laughs> her own investigation based off a kid's drawing. Like, this- I, I know it'll all tie in and weave in and and be a big umbrella conspiracy, as it always is, because umbrellas evil. But oh. uh yeah, it's certainly for anyone that hasn't maybe watched or played Resident Evil, and they read that synopsis like. If I was completely new to this universe and, and I'm scrolling Netflix and that's that's the synopses I read before I click play, I'd be like, yeah, I'll pass for now. That doesn't sound very good.
0: Something <laughs> sounding uh, better, no, worse than uh, a Resident Evil movie synopsis. Oh yeah, yeah. One. Oh god.
1: See, that's that's a big take. Say like if you say, give me Mila Jovovich and co as opposed to this, like. You know the world is a dark place when uh, when you're taking Anderson's uh, Resident Evil movies over this. Like, I feel this will be good because the CGI movies they've made have been really good. Mm-hmm. So I've got some faith, but yeah, this this write-up here. Ugh, it's A bit rough. Ugh. But it's cool, though, that they've got the same voice actors from the recent Resident Evil 2 remake yeah. uh, game making its way to the series. So we do have a bit of continuity there as far as the... The the vocal delivery and vocal stylings of Claire and Leon.
0: That would be interesting. Imagine not being familiar with the franchise as a game and then loading this up just as something that you wanted to watch and then finding out that it's a game. Like how cool would that be, just being like, I just watched this and now I get to play it.
1: Oh yeah. See, whoever whoever gets to experience it like that, I'm very jealous. That's awesome to hours to go That's from cool. watching something you really like to playing it. I wonder how many people have played Monster Hunter since they watched the movie. Many?
0: Oh, I don't know. If any? If any. Not many.
1: Yeah. <laughs> ah, Scribe. See, I wonder if he's still around. Anyway. The next one. Omega raises $2.2 million to relaunch Epic's Dead Paragon as predecessor. Omega Studios has raised over $2.2 million to create a cross-platform third-person multiplayer online battle arena, in brackets MOBA, Called Predecessor, the game is based on the assets of Epic Games' Paragon MOBA title. Paragon was Epic's attempt to join the MOBA market that Riot's League of Legends helped create, but it never succeeded in pulling players from that game and the enormous success of Epic's Fortnite Battle Royale mode overshadowed Paragon in a big, big way. (laughs) Epic cancelled the game in January of 2018. One of the people who was devastated by Paragon's cancellation was streamer Robbie Singh. An influencer who had over, had a following of over fifty thousand people who watched his streams all about Paragon. After Epic shut down the game, it decided to make the assets of Paragon available to other developers in July 2018. So about seven months later, which isn't too bad. Singh decided to rally his community and form a team to pick up where Epic left off. Singh started the company in January of 2020 with Andrea Gorella and Stephen Melior. Omega Studios was born with the name that sp- that spells a demo backwards. Okay, righto and it went to work on predecessor. The team has over a dozen people, and it received an Epic Games Mega Grant to work on the game. It has staged an alpha test and expects to ship an early access version this year and a finished game sometime in 2022. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Like, we were all about Paragon there for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoyed it as MOBA. Like, it was pretty, it was I fun. It was,
0: yeah, really good-looking MOBA, I reckon.
1: Yeah. And then, obviously, yeah, it got... Got the knees cut out from itself, like
0: Badly. fairly quickly
1: in the cycle.
0: Yeah,
1: but we might get it back. Paragon as predecessor.
0: Yeah, I, I I can appreciate that someone that was so heavily invested in this game and obviously disappointed to see that it was shelved, kind of going out there and doing something about it, as opposed to just sitting, you know, possibly sitting on the sidelines and complaining. They're actually getting out there and making something of it. So obviously, a lot of things in his favor. One thing being epic, um, you know, <laughs> letting people use the assets essentially. So that's in their favor. So they've already got that ready to go. But still, um, I like this. I, I look forward to seeing Predecessor.
1: Yeah, it's um, I was I was nodding intently and in agreement with everything you just said there. Like it was nice that someone within the gaming community this this robbie Sting instead of just pissing and moaning and and shit canning epic and everyone involved said let's do something about this i really liked this this franchise Hmm. let's try and breathe more life into it and and see it reimagining reimagined as predecessors so it's nice that there's some positivity to come out of the gaming space and the content creator space instead of them just poo-pooing on everything so yeah I'm, i'm excited to see what they do with it like there's there's no guarantee that a, a player base will attach itself to it the second time around, but you know we've got to have a hold out hope, right? Of you know, course. Don't try and be positive, like because it was a clean game, like it felt tight. It was a little bit more arcadey, a yeah. little bit less f- frantic than say League of Legends and Dota and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, it was gorgeous, like graphically, it was probably the best looking mobile I'd ever. Like I'm not a MOBA savant, but like I think it was one of the better it ones was I've stunning. ever
0: seen. Like, and the character design was. Sweet pretty complex and really beautiful it's like i said it was quite a shame that it didn't succeed um i am wondering now uh if we see in the future where game companies who just can't seem to push out a title wondering if they do this thing where if they say it's too hard for us could they offer it out to other companies to see if they can do better or make something with it. Because thinking now about Anthem and how Anthem kind of had the bones of what could possibly be a good game, but they've had yeah. to shelve it essentially. Wondering if they kind of market it out to someone else saying, hey, maybe you can do better. Here's the assets. Here's this.
1: I, I think it's a great idea. Like like sharing of assets and, and some of the IP and some of that kind of thing around. Like obviously epic when this thing gets released they'll be taking a slice no doubt about it but like it's still cool to see the the potential like yeah like it'd be amazing to see some other studio say hey we've got faith in what anthem could be bioware over here please let us let us utilize what what you've built and see if we can make this in into something great like so much potential there obviously the the big fat cats that oversee a lot of these studios might think differently you know EA could be very very particular with sharing assets and resources but yeah hopefully this sets like a nice precedent where we we do start to see a little bit more mind sharing like epic you know, they are one of the biggest dogs in the in the fight these days and and they've got more money than you can poke a stick at. so you know, they can afford to do things like this, but hopefully it's it's a sign of, of positive change and things to come and mm. you know breathing fresh life into dead IP. But uh yeah, we'll see what happens with uh, with this new studio and with um, with predecessor because uh, yeah, I enjoyed playing Paragon back in the day. It was it was all we talked about there for about two months and it then it died. <laughs> all right, something uh, that also I guess we could say we thought was maybe not dead, but maybe idle, maybe dormant, yeah. but it's back. The heroes in a half shell are back, baby. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge has been announced for PC and consoles this past week. It's a four-player co-op side-scrolling brawler developed by members of the Scott Pil- Pilgrim vs. the World Game Team. Inspired by games like 1991's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Turtles in Time, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge offers a classic pixelated art style and shell-shocking new abilities built on a foundation of classic brawling mechanics. Players will fight through a breathless tour of iconic TMNT locations such as the New York City sewers and Dimension X to thwart Bebop, Rocksteady Krang and Shredder. The trailer for Shredder's Revenge also debuts a new take on the famous Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles theme song performed by Faith No More's Mike Patton. I love you Mike Patton so much. You're my best friend. Please be my best friend. A release date for the game was not provided, but we all know the game will we knew it, were, but we know the game will come to PC and consoles when it launches. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Shredder's Revenge will be published by Dotimu in association with Nickelodeon and is being developed by Tribute Games whose previous work includes Flint Hook and Mercenary King's Reloaded Edition. Tribute is made up of former Ubisoft employees who worked on beat-em-ups like Scott Pilgrim vs. The World and the 2007 TMNT Hack and Slash movie tie-in. Dotimu has some retro pedigree, having published Streets of Rage 4, brought Windjammers back to life and is helping remake Pharaoh. So, damn, this game looks exactly like the old uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Turtles in Time arcade machine uh, classic. I love that game, but holy moly, it costs a lot of money to finish that because (laughs) you die so often. Uh, But this looks cool. The art style looks cool. It's got a sort of fresh coat of paint, but it's still retro as hell. Mm. Uh, Cool different abilities. One little thing I noticed was cool that each four of the turtles like run and move differently. So they've all got their own little unique animation styles and quirks. Yeah. The fact they're bringing in all the, all the main, the main antagonists throughout the Ninja Turtles universe is great too. And it just looks funky and I'm excited to play some four play co-op.
0: Yeah. Like I'm unfortunately not really attached to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as a franchise only because I didn't really get to grow up with it in the sense that I wasn't allowed to. Um, but This game looks cute. Like, it looks like uh, all the games that I kind of grew up with, more playing, more so playing on, like, the Mega Drive, like your uh, Golden Axe. And as as they mentioned here, Streets of Rage 4, um, which Mm -hmm. recently got its release onto the Switch and had a nice coat of paint on it. Same of the, much of the same, but having a small amount of new flair on it, which keeps it fresh. So, I'm I'm assuming that I'm actually really going to like this Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game because. I mean, it has a lot of elements of things that I've enjoyed in the past, so I look forward to playing it. And I feel like a nice four-player co-op within the team should be in the mix in the future.
1: Definitely. Um, I think just through through natural progression and the uh, the savagery of social media, I think you're going to have to play as Raphael because all the other turtles have been accounted for in our playthrough already. So you're going to play as Raph, okay? Which I could I could see you appreciating, like he's a. He's a bit, bit, serious. Can be a bit moody. He's, he's more of the straight oh. shooter of the group. takes, takes no nonsense, and uh, oh, he uses no. size. He's got size. Oh,
0: wait, that's cool. Mm. I've got a bad feeling. I've got the worst one. If everyone else no, is I, accounted for,
1: <laughs> I, I like, I like Raph more than I like, like Mikey's. Michelangelo's my favorite. He's the party dude. He's the pizza loving guy with the nunchucks. He's always oh, yeah. been my boy. Yeah. He's the orange. Uh, Donatello's the, the nerdy guy with the bow staff with the purple. Okay. Um, Leonardo's the leader. He he rolls like dual dual swords in his blue. I was never big on him. He was always a bit of a points, but it was always Mikey and then Raf for me. So I, I think you've actually come out come out ahead. So okay.
0: I'll take Raph. Yeah,
1: yeah. He's he's a bit of a dude. He's he's sort of the. The, the toughest one in the group, and he's yeah, he's he's a straight shooter. He doesn't take no nonsense. So uh, yeah, but it's cool. It looks good, and uh, I'm excited to play with uh, three other people and and see uh, see how many times we die during a playthrough because uh, these g- games are always very unforgiving mm-hmm. because there's never really a block button. You just <laughs> got to jump or move when you can because otherwise you get hit by everything. Everything. Okay, the next uh, little little banger here: a million little a million little nightmares. Little Nightmares 2 has hit a big sales milestone, selling over 1 million copies in under a month. Tarsier Studios' sequel launched on the 11th of February and hit the million sales mark before its one-month anniversary, publisher Bandai Namco said this week. By comparison, the original Little Nightmares was announced as having hit a million sales over a year after its initial launch in 2017. Combined sales of the two games are now over 5 million copies. In a press release released this past week, Bandai Namco Europe said it had plans to continue growing the series, which also includes mobile game Very Little Nightmares and a digital comic for both iOS and Android devices. Bando Namco Entertainment Europe is invested in continuing this growth both with games and other entertainment content to ensure the lasting success of the franchise the publisher wrote Little Nightmares 3 then question mark It is a it's a great little franchise like I haven't played number 2 yet but I've watched some people playing it on Twitch and I adore the art style in this in this world it's so great and it's so unique mm. and so creepy so creepy yeah. but I'm all about it
0: I've i never played a Little Nightmares game. Um, I don't know why. Like, I'm not too sure what doesn't draw me to actually play it, but I have watched... I think I've watched a full playthrough of number two, and I think I've seen bits and bobs of number one. But I've actually also seen, and I what I always love, is when there's all this, like, hidden lore to a game... And I've seen a few people, a few YouTubers who've done a lot of breakdowns on all this background lore that's happening within within this franchise. And they've actually referenced um, the digital comic as well. So I think that's great, especially for um, how successful Little Nightmares has been. So knowing that once you finish the game... It's not always finished. Like, there's more for you to find out. There's more for you to kind of get involved if you want to, if you want to explore that. So, I, like, I remember when the first one came out, it looked creepy. It looked very um, uh, Tim Burton-ish, I guess, is a is one way to look at it. It's not completely like Tim Burton, but it has elements of it. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, it, it's, like, it's, it's a cute horror game. Like, it's scary, but cute in the same sense. So... Um, I'm glad to see that they've reached success and that they've already signed up for, um, maybe signed up to do a third because I think a lot of people have kind of been hung on the line on how two finished. So,
1: yeah, it's 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 cool to see like it's cool to see these little little franchises come out of nowhere and become something special and have some success and um yeah Tarsia studios they weren't a big studio when when this when they were sort of first tasting success with with little nightmares one but with the continued success with two and as you said like the fact they're going into digital comics and mobile games and the mobile market like if it's if it's a well-done mobile game like it could further just launch these guys into the stratosphere because see everybody's got a goddamn mobile phone not everyone Mm -hmm. plays games but the the potential install base for for a video game on a phone could be huge for them. So we'll see how that translates. But it's awesome to see and I actually want to pick up a copy or two and start working my way through it because yeah, I love I love the art style and I love the the puzzle elements of Mm -hmm. it and just the some of the the characters and the the creatures that you come across in this game are so unique. Yeah, fantastic some of them are very nightmare fuelish. Yeah. But uh, well done, well done. I love love hearing these success stories and the fact they've they've sold more uh, in the first month than they did with the first game in a whole year. Uh, I'm curious to see when we look back in 12 months' time how many how many units they've sold out. So true. Yes, yes. And uh, moving on to the last uh, bit of news, and this is a bit of a bit of a big chunky one. Uh, we've combined multiple things that have occurred over the same instance, and we've just uh, labelled this as all the Xbox and Bethesda news. So I've I've sort of combined a couple of articles from IGN as well as Eurogamer. Uh, So strap in, grab a cup of tea because uh, there's a lot lot of wording coming your way. Xbox has confirmed it is planning a summer games event of some kind this year, and Bethesda is heavily involved in its planning. During this past week's roundtable discussing the recent Xbox acquisition of Bethesda, Xbox marketing general manager Aaron Greenberg and Bethesda Global Marketing and comms executive Aaron Losey confirmed that they were, in quotes, in the planning phase, in quotes, for an event sometime this summer, Australian winter, that would include more news about what the partnership between the companies would entail. No further details were given, though Greenberg did add that they were planning that what they were planning was the sort of event Xbox traditionally would hold at E3. So, uh, just a quick tangent obviously, E3 is a digital only event this year. Obviously, it was fully cancelled last year. But the fact that it is going digital only, but all a lot of these big pubs are sort of already looking at their own events, I'm curious to see how much of a shell E3 is going to be compared to a, itself. 24 months ago uh, you know i think we've talked about e3 being on its on its deathbed for a while now and uh things like this further i think you know capitalize and bold font that we're <laughs> probably right there okay so jumping back into it uh this could potentially mean more details on upcoming bethesda titles that have been quiet for some time such as the elder scrolls 6 and starfield though neither greenberg nor losi named any specific games during this segment In the same roundtable presentation, Microsoft announced that 20 Bethesda games would be coming to Xbox Game Pass and at time of recording, so today, Saturday the 13th of March Australian time, they are officially live. It's a big old list bringing some absolutely massive titles over to Microsoft subscription service from all across ZeniMax's studios id software's seminal first-person shooter doom gets a lot of love for instance with the game pass arrival of the original 1993 doom doom 2 doom 3 doom 64 and doom eternal alongside id's post-apocalyptic shooter rage 2 machine Games steps into the game pass ring with wolfenstein the new order wolfenstein the old blood and wolfenstein young blood while arcane studios is represented by sci-fi shooter prey alongside Dishonored's definitive edition and dishonored 2 Tango games is deliciously old school survival horror, the evil within is also incoming and in the game and and the game pass editions uh, and the game pass editions draw to a close with a heap of Bethesda game Studios titles. The Elder Scrolls 3 Morrowind, the Elder Scrolls 4 Oblivion, and the Elder Scrolls 5 Skyrim special edition are joined by the Elder Scrolls online, Fallout New Vegas Fallout 4 and Fallout 76. And lastly, the question everyone's been eager to have answered since news broke that, that Microsoft was acquiring Bethesda and parent company Zenimax Media last year. Xbox head Phil Spencer clarifying Microsoft's stance on exclusivity for future Bethesda games. In quotes, I see it in the community, I listen to the podcasts and all the questions, he said. So I'm going to try and be as clear as I can because I just think it's fair. Obviously, I can't sit here and say every Bethesda game is an Xbox exclusive because we know that's not true, he explained. There's contractual obligations that we're going to see through. We have games that exist on other platforms and we're going to go and support those games on the platforms they're on. There's communities of players. We love those communities and we'll continue to invest in them. And even in the future, there might be either contractual, uh, contractual things or legacy on different platforms that will go do. But if you're an Xbox customer, Spencer continued, the thing I want you to know is that this is about delivering great exclusive games for you that ship on platforms where Game Pass exists. And that's our goal. That's why we're doing this. That's the root of this partnership that we're building. And the creative capability we'll be able to bring to market for Xbox customers is going to, the, to be the best it's ever been for Xbox after we're done here. The takeaway then is that games currently available on other platforms shouldn't be affected by Microsoft's acquisition of ZeniMax Media, nor will pre-existing exclusivity deals such as the timed exclusivity windows announced previously for Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo on the PS5. Further, future games, however, will be exclusive where, games, where Game Pass exists, currently meaning Xbox consoles, PC, and any platform capable of accessing this service via cloud. So that was a lot. Mm. There is a lot to take in, a lot to digest there. But um, good news, exciting news. Uh, It's kind of cool that they sort of just sneakily guerrilla campaign 20 games straight onto Game Pass all of a sudden (laughs) that are available right now for Game Pass users. Some absolute classics in that rotation there. Uh, I'm excited to to see more about this uh, Microsoft event during summer slash winter. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to maybe see some more developments. Maybe we get a little peek of Elder Scrolls Six, and maybe we find out that could be a Xbox exclusive. Maybe I'm thinking
0: You're because right.
1: I doubt there's contractual obligations tied into that. Like because that's that's a big old that's a big old uh, flex. If they can come out and say it's only coming to Xbox, that is huge because. Uh, that's one of the biggest IPs in, in their in their portfolio that they've mm. just acquired. But uh, Miss Hart, what do you think about all this? What's what's your thoughts?
0: Um, yeah, full disclosure, this sort of stuff was being gossiped about in previous weeks, um, which we didn't report on only because it was pretty much just a lot of gossip. Um, But now everything's kind of come to fruition, everything's out in the air, and now we know that this is happening. I'm pretty stoked. There's a lot of um, Bethesda titles in there now that we get to access in Game Pass. One obscure one that I'm probably a lot of people are surprised to hear is that I'm really looking forward to um, replaying um, Wolfenstein uh, The New Order. I actually Hell yeah. really liked that
1: one. It's, it's a fucking
0: banger. It is a great game and I just loved playing through it. So I'm looking forward to actually being able to load that one up again. And your girl's going to probably play all the Elder Scrolls too, um, even though she's played them a million and one times. But um, I mean, I a lot of people are getting angry in the sense of the idea that now that Microsoft owns Bethesda, they're going to hold back and not release titles and people that are on playstation are gonna get like the rough end of the stick and miss out on titles i i sit on the fence with the fact that i microsoft don't seem like a team who would hold every um title against like keeping it microsoft exclusive they do need exclusives um playstation's usually won the war on holding best exclusive ips however i think there's just going to be key titles like and maybe you're right maybe the new um eldest uh, elder scrolls game is going to be the exclusive i think that's a big one i think that's oh yeah that's a very big play um but other titles like uh, like any kind of future fallout, could you imagine uh, PlayStation like being kicked out of the fallout universe? In the same well like, this is me speaking like a bloody elitist, but like if you're uh, lucky enough to have a PlayStation and maybe also hold a PC, then you still have the opportunity of accessing these games so you're not completely lock- locked out. Uh, it's just, if anything, anything that I took from this is that Game Pass can be- just becomes the most undeniable um, item in gaming that everyone should just sign up for because it's, it's fantastic. Like being able to, it's getting to a Netflix level where you load up Game Pass and you are just inundated with all these wonderful options of games, all these awesome titles And you just kind of sit there and you go, I could play this, I could play that, I could do this, Mm -hmm. I could play that. So it's it's pretty much in the same vein of paying for this subscription, just have access to all these wonderful titles that you can, you know, play out. So
1: Yeah, it's um it's I like that like that they got on the front foot, like the fact that Phil Spencer addressed question that everyone wanted to know as far as what's going to happen with these with these games in the future where where are they going to be playable and i I don't think like there wasn't too much marketing speak i think he was pretty honest like i think it's pretty cut and dry what he's what he said there where they're going to work around some of the existing contractual obligations Mm to obviously ensure that those those agreements that were that were made prior to his acquisition will still go through and you know they're respecting these these timed exclusivity windows with things like Deathloop and ghost tokyo but after that it's fair game and like when you're throwing you know close to eight like over eight billion dollars australian at this acquisition you're gonna want some feathers in your cap that you can't get anywhere else and yeah having like an elder scrolls six or you know, the next the next Doom or the next Wolfenstein or whatever it is, you know, how are they going to divvy up some of these existing IPs as far as if they're going to be everywhere or only on the Game Pass ecosystem? It's fine. Like when you're throwing that amount of money, do what you want with it. Like Because, you know, that's a lot of cash. And as much as people are going to piss and moan that Microsoft might gatekeep some of these franchises, it's like, well, you don't see Sony releasing God of War on Xbox or last of us or whatever else like you know you want exclusives and it's the same as in in any form of media you know like there's certain studios you know you got your your foxes and your universals and all that like they've got their ips that they own and they would they want to keep it and publish it through there and distribute it through their channels and it's Mm -hmm. it's how how businesses make money it's how they succeed so Yeah, I'm not going to be at all surprised if we see at this E3 event or this E3-esque event in summer that Microsoft are running and they come out and say Elder Scrolls Six or Starfield is a Game Pass only Mm. title because that's like a big mic drop moment. Like it's like, whoa, like some of the biggest IP in, in gaming history is now only available here. Like, And it's in their best interest to not do that with every title. Like I think you need to spread your Dooms and your Wolfensteins and things like that around but then as you said, Ali, like that you can do that and still be able to buy them on PlayStation 5 or on PC. But if you want to pony up and get Game Pass or Game Pass Ultimate, you pay the the $10 or $15 a month fee and you get the, all those games day one of release. Plus you've got a hundred other games you can play any old time you like. Like it's, that's the way they're going. It's, they, they see the success of your Netflixes and your, your Prime Video and all that. And that's the way you do it. you you know, at a reasonable cost that is is probably something that's palatable for most people out there to pay the ten or fifteen dollars a month, as opposed to the hundred dollars plus per game if you're buying it out. Right? It's mm. it's the smart way to do it, and it's going to get more bums on seats. It's going to get more people with your product, and I love it. I'm all about it. You know, I I'm very big on on Xbox and always have been, but like just from a business sense, it's the smart way to do it, and it just feels like microsoft and sony they're, they're running two different races now oh yeah I think.
0: yeah 100%. and i like that yeah I'm big on that and i think it's good for microsoft especially considering how this race essentially and the, i hate saying it but the freaking console wars and how they kind of always push and shove between each other on who has best of what um But you are right. They are now essentially running two completely different races where PlayStation wants to have their, obviously, their exclusives and as well as new technologies that they're trying to work out. Like the other week, we're talking about them. Was it the banana thing?
1: Yeah, the banana controllers. But also
0: mentioning. them working on VR again as well, and then on the other side of the coin, we have Microsoft, who here is just providing, like we've referenced, a Netflix type service in regards to gaming, so a person could get definitely get more bang for their buck, obviously to the market of a person who likes variety who finds themselves constantly looking for another game to play and finish i could understand if a person only plays movie maybe they only play cod i get it you then this might might not be for you um but if you've got the cash to burn and you've I don't see why not picking it up. It encourages you to try new games because the investment's already there. You've already paid for your subscription. So try out Prey. Everyone loved Prey. You could play the classic Doom games. You may have not played them before. A lot of people love Dishonored. And now, um, was it a few months back, the Microsoft team also picked up EA for Game Pass. So now you have a lot of uh, EA titles attached. You have Titanfall in there, which is still one that I'm going to go back and replay um so i mean the value is there if especially if you've got the cash to drop it i think this acquisition has been smart um i think it's been a great uh, like honestly when i heard that they were going to take bethesda i almost didn't believe it it seemed like a big ask it's
1: crazy like i still remember like reading this like i was playing the avengers with Jared, with Benny and with Jono. And we were we were on there and like between loading in, I was on my phone and I saw a Jason Schreier tweet and it was just, yeah, Microsoft to acquire Bethesda for 7.5 billion or whatever it was. And, and I just remember that time frame and just the, the discussion we just had. Then we're like, no way, this can't be really happening. And then talking about the possibilities. And yeah, it's just a big old stable of studios, a big old stable of well-known globally renowned IP that it's a smart get by Microsoft. And like, you know, I, I don't want to come across like that. I hate, I adore Sony. Some of their IPs are some of my favorite games I've ever played in my entire life, but they are two very different positioned businesses at the moment. And Sony has every right to be where they are because they are the undisputed kings of, if you want to say the console war, like they've they've been smashing Microsoft for years. No mm. one can dispute that. So they haven't felt the need to pivot and follow this path too heavily because they're winning. They're having success. People are buying these games. They've got a lot of IP that people are envious of. Hell, they've got like, you know, John and I had a big talk the other day about how, how they've got the the Spider-Man franchise so heavily stitched up. And like that is now synonymous with Sony. Like you don't see any of these games on Xbox. So Xbox are just sort of, Working their their angle from a different way. and that's fine. As gamers, we're winning either way. Oh, you know, yeah. I think it's probably overall, it's probably the best time in my life to ever say like to ever be or classify yourself as a gamer because there's so much choice with what you want to play on and how you want to play it and you know if if you are trying to avoid spending too much money you know game passes for you or humble bundle or whatever it is there's so many ways to get so many great games in your hands at a very respectable price and uh yeah I'm excited for this summer event I just want to know yeah. what happens cuz I reckon they they're, they're going to come out and they're going to drop a hammer they're going to come out and say this is only on game pass for one of these releases, whether it be Elder Scrolls 6 or Starfield or an unannounced title, they're going to come out and say, boom, boom, only available here. Because,
0: yeah. I was going to say, I look forward to the event because how many times are we going to hear exclusive? Like- oh, yeah.
1: Game Pass exclusive. We'll be seeing that a lot. And, you know, the fact that this, this platform, you, you get these games day of release like it's not like you get these for this price but it's six months after release like it's it's there day one globally available for everybody and it's such a difference maker even if you cherry pick and just jump in and jump out when certain games come out and you pay you 10 or 15 bucks a month you play it for that month and you jump out and you've you've played this whole game for one tenth of the retail cost you know like there's so many ways to to work that system to work for you but uh, bring it on I say bring it on But Miss Hart, if we're talking about things in, I guess, the more immediate future, we might need to go to this. New releases and events. So we're talking about uh, anything of note that's dropping, whether it be from the 8-bit universe or the broader gaming and culture spheres uh, during the week of Monday the 15th through to the following. Obviously, if you're listening to us right now, you've got uh, episode 232 of The Hungry Games in your ear holes. As it's playing out right now, excuse me, I just burped. Apologies. That's bad podcast etiquette there. Oh, we've got uh, the full release of The Hungry Game Show episode 15, which sees Dash from Dashgamer.com battling Persona 5, dropping on The Hungry Gamers RSS feed uh, this coming Wednesday, the 17th. On also Thursday, the 18th, we've got uh, the Square Enix Presents event which is running at 10 a.m. PDR slash 5 p.m. GMT time. So that's going to be in the early hours here for us Australians, but uh, on the Friday morning. So get hyped for that. We've got the uh, the Zack Schneider Justice League cut dropping on HBO as well as Binge this week on Thursday, the 18th slash Friday, the 19th as well. So get hyped uh, on the back of that. Uh, we briefly mentioned a second ago the marvel's the avengers game the next gen release finally comes out this coming friday as well as the Hades special physical edition on the nintendo switch is available from your local retailer and then also this coming weekend uh sees the debut of the falcon and the winter soldier web series available exclusively on disney plus apparently it's only a six episode arc but i'm keen keen to give it a watch more marvel uh now that wandavision's finished. We need something to consume our time with and, and hypothesize and and debate where they're going to go with, uh, you know, phase four of <laughs> the, uh, the MCU about. and yeah. now we got it.
0: Yeah. I, like, I'm like i not actually too hyped for the Falcon and Winter Soldier series. I, I never really <sighs> was. But to be fair, I also wasn't crazy hyped for WandaVision as well and that drew me in. So let's see if this one can do it as well.
1: We haven't talked about WandaVision. So obviously it's just finished. What did you think of the season overall and the finale? Did you were you happy with it? Like we'll avoid spoilers. We don't want to get uh crucified here, but uh what did you think overall?
0: Happy uh, with it? I feel like the season finale didn't hold up to how the rest of the series had been. Um it, for what everything that happened, a lot felt rushed, but then um also like it just not it it felt like there wasn't enough filler in there like it wasn't there wasn't a lot of heart behind it it just they kind of just went by and by um a few of the things that i thought or hoping was that was going to happen didn't happen i'm not necessarily Mm -hmm. crushed but i kind of would have liked it if it did but you know it wasn't a bad it wasn't a bad season finale I'll, i'll it's definitely got me raring to go for the next season so curious to see where that goes and then how everything links to the movie for Doctor Strange yeah
1: Doctor Strange so,
0: yes Yes. yeah it was okay it was fine
1: yeah I I, I yeah it's, it was certainly fine like I I expected more which was probably stupid of me to listen to the internet discourse and go down all the all the rabbit holes as far as where it could go yeah the, and po- the rabbit holes of possibility yeah. all that so uh, when I can sort of shut that noise out and just take it for what it was, I really liked it. Had a lot of heart. I really liked the performances by all the leads involved. But I was expecting a little bit more. But overall, it's fine. 7 out of 10 is, is where I'd go if we're going to just dart throw a number. Like, But overall, I really like what they did with the season. I like the the character development and just the evolution of that storyline and how it played out and just how it was shot. Like, it was so coolly done when they were jumping through the television eras and stuff like that. And yeah. Yeah, Elizabeth Olsen, Paul Bettany and, and Catherine Hahn absolutely crushed it as sort of the, the three leads in this show. And, yeah, give me more of that. Give me more of that, please. But, uh, yeah, Falcon and Winter Soldier. I'm keen to see what happens with old uh, Bucky Barnes.
0: <laughs> old Bucky.
1: Oh, Bucky. But, but anyway.
0: Captain America, the first movie, is one of my favourite Marvel movies, so... There you go. Maybe. Maybe I'll like it.
1: Yeah, there's hope yet. There's hope yet. And uh, <laughs> if you're wanting to uh, consume any more content between now and uh, next 2.33 of the Hungry Gamers, also be sure to check out the Comedy Rewind, the most recent uh, episode that dropped this past uh, past week or so with Nick Scarpino and Mario Not Bros, uh, seeing Jono and those two legends talking about the 40-year-old virgin. Absolute banger of an Classic, episode. Yeah, Rolled in. At, I think it was one of his longest uh, comedy rewinds to date. There was a lot of discussion, a lot of banter, a lot of laughs. So uh, be sure to check out Comedy Rewind if you've got some time this year. Get that in your ear holes when you can. Mm. But uh, Miss Hart, anything else you want to say before we uh, close down the studio for
0: another week? Yeah, I just want to give a quick mention for a little indie title that was brought to my attention this week, which is um, called uh, Stonefly. Uh, it's a cute little uh, game where you're set inside of like an insect world, but it looks really relaxing and calm and chill and it's currently in development and they're hoping to get it out, I believe, this year. So if you want to look that one up, they're on Twitter at Stonefly Games. Or check it out on Steam and add it to a wish list. I'm not too sure how many people know out here, but when it comes to indie titles, it means a great deal to wish list a game. It really helps them get their title out there and get some kind of front facing, especially in the Steam store. So um, always to remember, like when it comes to indie titles, if you're kind of interested in it, wish list it. It doesn't hurt. Just puts it on the list for you and keeps you updated with it, and uh, it really helps the developers.
1: I had no idea about that. I need to start wishlisting more games then. Cause Because, yeah, um, yeah it, it, as you said, it takes no time and if it helps out, it's just like when we talk about, you know, giving us a rating or a review on iTunes. Exactly. Like, spare that time and it can help them with with forecasting and, and pitching to try and get more funding and stuff like that. So, uh makes sense. Makes sense. But, yeah, Miss Hart, this is uh, the end of 2.32. I guess we should uh, close this sucker down for another week. But until next time, Open Nation... I still can't believe you've never seen Jurassic Park. That just blows my mind.
0: You know what I have seen with Sam Neill and it's a great movie? Event Horizon. Yes.
1: One of the best sci-fi horror films of the last 20 years.
0: Space hell orgy.
1: Hell yeah. And Lawrence Fishburne going, fuck me.